Welcome to the Crossview Church Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy the message this morning. For more information, visit us at mycrossview.com. Well, good morning, Crossview family. Welcome to Church Online this morning. Uh, I'm excited to continue on in our Psalms series, our Summer Psalms series, and I'm looking forward to the psalm that we're going to be looking at today. It's one that has significant potential to help us open and expand our perspective. And so I'd like to invite us to a time of prayer um, as we do that. This is going to be a prayer that comes from a book called The Gorillas of Grace by Ted Loder, and it's just an incredible way to begin as we look at this psalm together. I'm going to put this on the screen so uh, you can see the beautiful words of this prayer as we pray together. So let's pray together. Come, Lord Jesus, enlarge my perspective Expand me by your power, life-generating as the sea, to accept and use what you have given me, to do something I believe in, and be something more of who I am meant to be, to be who you created me to be. Inspire me to dream and move, sweat and sing, fail and laugh, to link my passion with courage, my hope with discipline, my love with persistence. Enable me to learn from my difficulties, grow into my adversities, gain wisdom from defeats, gain perspective from disappointments, to learn gracefulness from crises, and find joy in simply living it all fully. Give me eyes to see and ears to hear who you are and who you've created me to be. Amen. Have you noticed how much perspective in life can make a difference? Like, you know, if you get a new car and then all of a sudden you see that type of car everywhere when you hadn't noticed it before. Can you remember a time in your life uh, where you you had a a dramatic perspective change? Where your orientation in life or your focus in life changed or shifted a bit? Maybe it was falling in love for the first time. Or like the moment when you welcomed the the birth of of your first child and and all of a sudden the world looks different. Maybe for some of you, uh, uh, your perspective changed after a significant loss of some kind. You had to deal with situations and emotions that you hadn't expected. In any of those circumstances, our perspective changes. Perspective is our ability to see beyond our normal everyday outlook, and and it's very important to our growth as people and and as followers of Jesus. Perspective can be such a powerful thing. Our perspective is like a camera lens through which we see the world. And at times we zoom in and can only see a few things, and at other times we widen our perspective and can see so much more. Our perspective usually grows as we age. We gain more life experience and wisdom, and and most of the time it's easier to see the world in different ways. Faith is another thing that can enlarge perspective. Our ability to trust God and to see Him come through expands our perspective And the scripture is filled with stories of God widening the perspective of humanity. Jesus constantly attempted to widen the perspective of his disciples and other followers. And this translates to how we follow Jesus today. And let let me give you an example of that. Got to hear a speaker named Danielle Strickland at one of our denominational meetings some years ago. And she used this incredible example about perspective from Acts chapter 1. You see, in the first chapter of Acts, uh, we read the very end of Jesus' time here on earth. Uh, And it's in this scene that Jesus is commissioning his disciples. He's about to leave them, and he's, he's handing off the baton. Okay, guys and gals, it's your turn. You've got this, right? 
And their response is amazing. They've just heard Jesus' teaching. They've seen his miracles. They know that Jesus' intention isn't to overthrow Rome through political means or military might, as a lot of people expected. They've, they've heard his teaching for years about the kingdom of God. And their response to Jesus in a moment like this is something like, yeah, we've got this. Hey, but before you go, is now the time that you're going to overthrow Rome and restore the Jewish kingdom and temple here on earth? Uh, look at this in Acts 1 verse 6. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? I can just imagine Jesus kind of standing there a bit dumbfounded. Uh, no, I'm not going to do it that way. It's now your turn, right? If Jesus had a cell phone, he'd probably text a friend with a head slap emoji. <laughs> Yet even still, he looks at them and he says, even though you can't see it, even though when we can't see it, our, their perspective is just a little bit off here. And in Acts 1, 7 through 8, Jesus still does this. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses, telling people all about me everywhere in Ju Jerusalem, throughout Judea, and in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The disciples were looking through the wrong lens. Their perspective was just not quite big enough to see what Jesus was doing. Now they eventually got it, and I'm so thankful that they did. But we constantly struggle to see the world the way that God sees it, don't we? In fact, we constantly struggle to see people the way that God sees people. It's difficult for us to get it. And I'm thankful for a God who doesn't give up on us because it's like we need constant eye exams. You know, a lack of, of bigger perspective touches not only on how we see the world or other people, but it can also affect how we see God. And that brings us to our psalm for today. Psalm 89 is here to help us. And like I said, this psalm is incredible. So I'd like to give you a little context into this psalm. The author of Psalm 89 is a guy named Ethan the Ezraite. And he lived during a very difficult time. We can relate to that, can't we? There's one thing that can quickly narrow our perspective, and that is crisis. When you face some type of crisis in your life, our natural response is a fight or flight response. And the context of Psalm 89 is one of the most significant calamities to ever happen to the people of God. It's the destruction of Jerusalem. At this point in the story of the Bible, God's people had been split into two kingdoms, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. The northern kingdom some years earlier had already been destroyed and what was left of God's people, the line of King David and the temple were all located in the southern kingdom. Then comes a group of people called the Babylonians. They conquer the southern kingdom, they destroy the temple, and they take many of the people to Babylon as slaves. Not a good situation at all. So when someone sits down to write about this event, what, what do you expect, expect to hear from, from those in this type of situation? Well, you expect to hear things like this, Psalm 89, 46 through 48. Oh Lord, how long will this go on? Will you hide yourself forever? How long will your anger burn like fire? Remember how short my life is, how empty and futile this human existence. No one can live forever. All will die. No one can escape the power of the grave. Yeah, if you can't tell, Ethan is a little bit depressed here. But here's what's so fascinating about this psalm, and that is that's not how Ethan started the psalm. And that's why I really like Psalm 89. It bridges the gap between faith and doubt, between praise and frustration. In fact, the first two-thirds of the psalm push us to have a larger perspective about who God is despite this massive crisis. And are you ready to see how Ethan started things in this psalm? It's powerful stuff. 
Remember, all is lost, right? God's people are captives. Their temple is destroyed. God's reputation is on the line. And here our friend Ethan writes this in the very beginning, Psalm 89, starting in verse 1. I will sing of the Lord's unfailing love forever. Young and old will hear of your faithfulness. Your unfailing love will last forever. Your faithfulness is as enduring as the heavens. The Lord said, I've made a covenant with David, my chosen servant. I have sworn this oath to him. I will establish your descendants as kings forever. They will sit on your throne from now until eternity. Surprising, isn't it? Ethan is in a bad situation, and yet Ethan has this much larger perspective of who God is. This psalm is a reminder of who God is, what God is like, and what God has promised. These first four verses in, this, in Psalm 89 mark a central tone to the, to the entire thing, that God is faithful, enduring, his love will last forever, and he has made a promise. The word translated unfailing love is a key word, and it's often translated as loving kindness. And it's based upon uh, this unshakable loyalty to the other person in this promise, right? God has promised unfailing loyalty, loving kindness to you and to me, even in the midst of calamity and crisis. Wow. Where crisis has a way of narrowing our perspective, God's promise and loyal love opens our perspective to the possibility that God might take some action or intervene in, in maybe some ways that we haven't even thought of yet. Here's one thing we know about God. We see it all the time through the scripture. He's really good at keeping his promise, but it usually doesn't go the way that we think it should because we don't have the perspective to see the way that God sees. So there's a pattern that we see repeated throughout the scripture, and it goes something like this. Sometimes God won't intervene until something is humanly impossible. Then he usually does, and it's seemingly just in the nick of time. When all hope seems lost, our lens can get really small, and then God intervenes and blows up our perspective wide open. It's called faith. Psalm 89 reminds us of the promise that God made to humanity that eventually leads to Jesus. And the promise is that we will be God's people and that he will provide for us, he will protect us, we will be given a family, purpose, and have opportunity to be who we were created to be. And that's a pretty good way to start, right? But then the psalm continues. Look at what it says starting in verse 5. All heaven will praise your great wonders, Lord. Myriad of angels will praise you for your faithfulness. For who in all of heaven can compare with the Lord? What mightiest angel is anything like the Lord? The highest angelic powers stand in awe of God. He is far more awesome than all who surround his throne. O Lord God of heaven's armies, where is there anyone as mighty as you, O Lord? You are entirely faithful. You rule the oceans. You subdue their storm-tossed waves. You crush the great sea monster. You scattered your enemies with your mighty arm. The heavens are yours and the earth is yours. Everything in the world is yours. You created it all. You created north and south, Mount Tabor and Mount Hermon. Praise your name. Powerful is your arm, strong is your hand. Your right hand is lifted high in glorious strength. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Unfailing love and truth walk before you as attendants. Just incredible. As we look at God in this psalm, his power is inescapable. It's perspective shifting in the midst of crisis. Do you see it? I pray that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now. Let scripture enlarge your perspective about who God is and how he acts. God is utterly different from anything and anyone else. 
Even the mightiest angels of the, of the armies of heaven are literally not in the same category. God is so utterly distinct in his nature and his character. His presence is overwhelming in power. Who can compare? You, me, no one. In the original language, you have this concept of this idea of something being terrible and, and, and feared, not as the one who is cruel, but the one as one who is majestic. And these words are used to emphasize God's greatness. In the Hebrew, these words and concepts are used to emphatically show that no other being is capable of participating in these activities that these verses depict except for God. For example, it says that God rules the oceans and the wind and that he can defeat the storms. The most wild and fierce force in nature known to the people at that time was the sea. And yet it says that the Lord easily controls it when he wanted to. And this takes us to stories from the Jordan River or the Red Sea. We think of Jesus in the New Testament on the Sea of Galilee calming the storm and even walking on the water. And the psalm goes on. The psalmist says, you scattered your enemies with your mighty arm, with Powerful is your, your strong right arm. Your hand is lifted high in glorious strength. All of these are great. They're, they're shorthand references to the Exodus story in which God delivered his people from the hand of the Pharaoh. The, uh, the Exodus story is a seminal story of God's deliverance and power for his people. It's, it's the story of his faithfulness and love and it's celebrated to this day by the Passover festival. So let me ask you this question. What are you facing today? Do you face something that is overwhelming? Sometimes it's a change of perspective that can give us the courage to walk through the challenges that lay before us. Where is God in the challenges that you face today? What is your perspective? For who in all of heaven can compare with the Lord? This, this same God is alive and active today. Do we have eyes to see it? Let God expand your perspective this morning through this psalm. God is truly powerful. He's not unruly and whimsical, but he's righteous and he's full of justice. And we also know him by his loving kindness, which is tender and loyal and faithful and deeply rooted in a loving and personal relationship. It's no wonder that the followers of God, uh, that we can burst forth in song and, and praise and be filled with awe and wonder at who God is. Is your view of God too small today? Do you need a perspective shift? God has a certain set of lenses which he sees kingdom possibilities. Where the psalmist saw destruction, he could still see God for who he was. Even though Ethan is dealing with some hard stuff, he has eyes to see and he can remember who God is. We know the end of the story, that God kept his promise, that God brought his people back to their land. He redeemed them. He healed them. He planted them in the soil of their promised land to grow and to flourish. And God ultimately sent Jesus to be our final rescue. It is often the case in the life of faith that we just cannot see over the next horizon to a place where maybe it seems like life will get a little easier. Our perspective is often limited, but you know uh, who we can see, our good and loving God, especially through psalms like this. It's psalms like this that remind us of who God is and, and transform the way that we see the world, the issues we face, and the people around us. And, and it, sh it promises, it reminds us of God's ability to come through. So if you don't mind, I'd like to end today as we began this morning with this same prayer to help enlarge our perspective and help us trust fully in God. Let's pray. Come, Lord Jesus, enlarge my perspective. Expand me by your power, life generating as the sea, to accept and use what you have given me, to do something I believe in 
and be something more of who I am meant to be, to be who you created me to be. Inspire me to dream and move, sweat and sing, fail and laugh, to link my passion with courage, my hope with discipline, my love with persistence. Enable me to learn from my difficulties, grow in my adversities, gain wisdom from my defeats, gain perspective from my disappointments, to learn gracefulness from crisis, and find joy in simply living it all fully. Give me eyes to see and ears to hear who you are and who you have created me to be. Church, this morning, I just want to encourage you to just take a few minutes with you and God uh, to just pray and uh, to bring those things that feel overwhelming or where you can't see all the way to the end, to remember who God is, to try to have God's Holy Spirit give you some perspective so that we can fully trust in God and take the steps forward as we grow in our journey of faith, become more like Jesus. Blessings on you this week. Let's continue to worship.